The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Vison. It's a big show. We got the Avs recap and a wild, wild night against the Oilers. A new twist in the Tommy Pham Jock Peterson situation, and the best player in the world is involved. Woo! How about that? We're gonna talk some Broncos. Just placed a futures bet on the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and he is from the Broncos, and you're getting 100 to 1 on him, so I'll give you that. And then Ian St. Clair, my buddy from PlayColorado.com. We're going to talk about the Avs. Huge Avs fan there. And also the April handle, way down. Not as much betting going on as in April. Uh, I'm a little disappointed given that you got the NFL draft, opening day in baseball, the Final Four. NBA, NHL playoffs coming up. So uh, that was rough. We'll get into that with him. Let me start with the Avs. Like I said, wild, wild night. 8-6 victory for the Avs. They covered the plus 120 puck line. They covered the money line. The game went way over the pregame total of seven. I mean, I just, I, I did not get in on the total. You know what? I did get in on the total. I got in the total on a single game parlay and I took it under seven. And once I saw that was like immediately in the first period, they were down one nothing. I said, you know what? Ah, the way this pace is, I'm not so sure. So I hedged it and I went over seven and a half that cashed. And then I looked at it and I said, over 10 and a half, that's a lot of goals, but let's hit it. And then another quarter unit on that and a quarter unit on 12 and a quarter unit on 12 and a half. And I was freaking out a little bit because there hadn't been scoring for like 10 minutes uh, late second into the third. At least it felt that way. Maybe there was a goal late second, but we hit seven and a half, 10 and a half, 12, 12 and a half. So uh, I got back the under seven, at least profited a little bit, but no player props yet. No player props set yet for game number two. But I'll tell you this much. Miko, the Frico, Rantanen, Kale McCarr, McKinnon, McDavid, Drysaddle. Uh, all in good spots for points and goals in this series. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that this game's gonna go over the seven and a half that's set in game two, but you could just see these stars are out there just hunting. And I start looking for some of these third and fourth liners for the Avs to score as well. Cogliano, Comfer, etc. So nice win for the Avs. 14 goals in a conference final, third most in a conference finals game. Third most ever. Uh, back in 85, the Oilers beat the Blackhawks with Gretzky and Messier 10-5. In 73, it was Chicago over Montreal 8-7, and then last night 8-6. Every time a goal was scored to, it just seemed like another one was on the way. And my takeaway from this, my takeaway from this is the Avs are better than the Oilers at almost everything. Edmonton cannot stop the Avs offense. Colorado has slightly better skaters, but here's the neutralizer. 
both teams have issues in net. And I sent a text right after Darcy gave up the second goal. And I said, uh-oh, we got a Darcy problem. We got a Kemper problem. The Avs do not want to have to score eight goals to win a game. And I bet Bednar would prefer a 3-2 win over an 8-6 any single day. Okay? Now, all the Avs fans should be feeling good today. 8-6 win. But don't forget, you know, just because last night really was a blowout. They had, what, a five-goal lead? Got trimmed to one at one point in time. Then we had the empty netter. But the Oilers lost 9-6 in game one last series, which was so much fun. I watched a lot of that game. That was so much fun. So much fun. It's, it's more fun when the team that you're backing isn't in the game because it gets really stressful. But teams that do take a one nothing series lead, they win the series at a 68.3% clip. 5.05 and 2.34. That's in the best of seven NHL playoff series. So 68.3%. The abs are looking pretty good right now. Uh, a couple other things or a lot of other things from this game. Third line center, JT Comfort, two goals. Makar, a goal and two assists. He had a goal and three assists. They took one away after the game. The top six forwards, McKinnon, Kadri, Miko, all scored goals. And through 11 games, let's get to Kale McCarr. He's got four goals, 12 assists. If you'll remember, he went invisible for a chunk of games in that St. Louis series. He's back, man. And here's what I really loved. He played 14 minutes and 22 seconds against McDavid, Connor McDavid at five on five. And he held his more than held his own there. So the Avs had a 7-3 lead. Oilers rallied for three straight goals. They got within 7-6 with 7-34 remaining. And then Pavel Francouz ended up just making some spectacular saves in the final minute. Spectacular saves. But I'm concerned. I'm very concerned about the goaltending right now. Because Francouz... Slightly above average. Darcy Kemper has not been anything to write home about so far. There's rumors that he got pulled, that it wasn't an upper body injury. I mean, I think they can beat the Oilers with this goaltending situation. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty confident. I just think if they had to run into a Tampa Bay, that they might be in a lot of trouble. Because Tampa Bay, a much better defensive team than anything that the avalanche have seen. They've got a great goaltender. That could be a problem, but let's not worry about that. I think they need to get to the finals first and then we can talk about it. But Francois saved 18 of 21 shots in last night's shootout. Kemper allowed three goals on 16 shots, 81%. Eesh, that's not good. Not good at all. So again, I think that the Avs can beat the Oilers with this mediocre goaltending, but they're going to be in trouble against the Lightning if they don't improve. I mean, it is just about as simple as that. Okay? Kale McCarr, let's get to some stats. Got some cool stats from last night. Fourth defenseman, and in Canada, they, they write defenseman, D-E-F-E-N-C-E-M-A-N. Fourth defenseman in history to average a point per game in his postseason career. Minimum 20 games. It is McCarr. It is the great Bobby Orr. It is the great Brian Leach and the great Paul Coffey. Those are the only guys there with Kale McCarr. That's how great he's been in the playoffs. Nathan McKinnon, five straight goals against Edmonton. Now, I think you're going to get, you might get a McKinnon goal prop coming up in this next game at minus money. Pretty good bet, though, especially what we have seen so far. 
what we have seen so far um, out of the goaltending situation with the Oilers. Speaking of the goaltending situation with the Oilers, Mike Smith in five career game ones with the Oilers, 0-3, 6.77 goals against, 82% save percentage, and he's been pulled three times. And that happened in game one of the last series. So I don't think in any way, shape, or form Mike Smith is going to be this bad going forward. I mean, he probably got the worst game that he can play out of his way. So I expect that to get a little better. Um, and McDavid and Drysdale. I mean, these are two, uh, two guys that really brought it last night. A goal and two assists for McDavid. Leon had two assists. They both take up first and second place in playoff points. McDavid has a 10-point lead over third place. So there you go. Uh, some of the, or all of my game one thoughts on the Avalanche victory last night. Let's go look at the game two lines on Bet Rivers. Avs plus 123 on the puck line. Got to win by two or more goals. Minus 190 on the money line. We're not bothering with that. Unless you want to do a parlay. Um, but I got nothing for you there. And then seven and a half is the total. This line moved just a little bit. It moved from plus 112 to the over to plus 108. And the under went from minus 132 to minus 125. Same type of movement we had before game one. Uh, the other bet that is interesting, and I did sprinkle a little bit on the Avs minus 111 in regular time. I think that might be something we want to hit. Uh, Avs minus 121 in regular time. But tomorrow, I'm going to dig into game number two and I'll have some bets for you. We've been doing very, very well in these bets on the Colorado Avalanche. That was number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's get into fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, we've been talking about this for a while now. Tommy Pham goes up, slaps Jock Peterson. Reds were playing the Giants um, last weekend. And it was a seven-month wait for Tommy Pham. He was upset. And I'll tell you again why, if you forgot. But Tommy slaps a dude in the face. So I will say that Tommy Pham has some anger issues. But I was blaming the commissioner. Whoever the commissioner of this fantasy football league was, let it get out of hand, okay? So we have some new background on the Major League Baseball Fantasy League. Tommy Pham was not happy that Jock Peterson got all the press for leaking what happened between Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. So Jock Peterson allegedly hoarding players on the bench, which was legal. Tommy Pham didn't like that. And now Tommy Pham says Jock only gave out half the story and I don't like that. So some new background there. First of all, it was Tommy Pham and some other Padres, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis. It was an initial buy-in of $10,000. So just know that an initial background uh, or initial buy-in of $10,000. So Tommy Pham goes, Trout did a terrible job. He's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports. And he had a little smirk, but I think he was a little bit upset too because he allowed a lot of blank to go on and he could have solved it all. And I'm 100% in Tommy Pham's corner this time. It's the only thing I'll agree with him. Mike Trout, horrible fantasy football commissioner. I called it out the other day. Whoever the commissioner is should be called out 
and I'll call him out right now. I don't care that you're the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. You're a horrible fantasy football commissioner. You know what else is crazy about this? A, he probably doesn't give a damn that he's a bad fantasy football commissioner because he didn't want to be it anyways. But second of all, can you imagine? Don't you think? Don't you think that Mike Trout behind the scenes was going, God, I hope my name doesn't come up in this. God, I hope I did. And he almost got away with it. And then Tommy Pham wanted to talk. Trout did a terrible job, man, said Pham. Nobody wanted to be commissioner. I didn't want to be the blanking commissioner. I got other blank to do. He didn't want to do it. We put it on him. It was kind of our fault too, because we made him commissioner. Trout would not comment on this, by the way. If I'm Mike Trout, I am just shutting my mouth. I don't even want to say anything about this. You guys run with it. Take your commissioner story and shove it up the, uh, the, the place where it doesn't shine. Just, just do that. So you had a $10,000 buy-in for Tommy Pham. You had the last place fish, uh, finisher in the 12-team league had to pay another 10 grand. So this is 20 grand in the hole for Tommy Pham. He doesn't care. I mean, 20 grand's a lot of money. He, all these millionaires would still say it, but Tommy Pham didn't care. He was in second place and he quit. Okay? He dropped out. And he was upset. He was like, I looked at it and he was messing with my money along with the disrespect. The disrespect is him throwing some gifts out on a phone. Give me a break, Tommy. You got some anger issues, dude. So seven months later, Tommy Pham, I didn't forget about that. I walked up to him and I slapped him. He pimp slapped him. Can't be pimp slapping dudes. Come on, Tommy Pham. First off, I mean, I, I hate being a fantasy football commissioner. It's the worst thing ever. I passed it on to my buddy, Chris. I, it, I, I created a league and I hated being the commissioner. So much work. You got to deal with so many guys. And then you're dealing with major league baseball players during the season. I mean, this was a fait accompli. This was going to be a disaster from the start. I hate it. Trout also is the commissioner I was blaming. So again, I didn't know who the commissioner was, but I said, that guy's got to be fired. You got to fire Mike Trout. Horrible, horrible commissioner. He's a great player though. So who the hell cares? He's probably fine with it, right? But Trout takes an L, no question. I can only imagine what he thinks about this though. Fam so just to wrap this up real quick, Tommy Pham lost $20,000 just from playing, and then he slapped Jock Peterson, and he gets a three-game suspension. That's 111k plus. So he lost 131 thousand dollars for being a ding dong, and getting upset about fantasy football. Absolutely asinine. All right, let's get to number three on the front range for Numero Trace. Okay. The Broncos. What's my thought on the Broncos? So OTAs, everybody wants to just overreact to everything, but I thought it was cool that Patrick Sertan picked off Russell Wilson. And I've been thinking about this for a while because I think that Patrick Sertan, if, I think he's got a shot to be the best cornerback in the NFL. I think he's got a shot to be a Hall of Fame cornerback. He comes from great blood. His dad, good cornerback. Well, let's look at the Bet Rivers NFL Defensive Player of the Year odds. Bradley Chubb, 35 to 1. I mean, he would have to stay healthy for him to hit that. I'm not there. But you want to you wanna get me interested? Give me 100 to 1 on Patrick Sertan, and that's where it is. So let's talk Patrick Sertan, NFL Defensive 
player of the year. Just two cornerbacks have won the defensive player of the year since 2009. So what is that? 13 awards. Charles Woodson in 2009. And just three years ago, Stefan Gilmore, 2019. He was the best corner in the league for a little bit when he was with the Patriots. So it's possible. It's possible that Pat Sertan wins this. Now, defensive linemen have won six of the last eight. They are going to be the favorites every single year. Uh, pass rushers, kind of like quarterbacks, you know, as, as the offensive player of the year. They just, they love looking at the, the key players. You got pass rushers, guys like J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. But I love the, I, I just love Sertan. I've been talking about it. I've been talking about him since he's been drafted. He picked off Russ Wilson yesterday and Nathaniel Hackett at a press conference. He's such an offensive guy, by the way. He, he, he gave a lot more uh, discredit to the offense than he gave credit to Patrick Sertan. We got to fix some things up on offense on that one. We, we messed that up. We got to keep running on that. Uh, but I thought it was a great reactionary play for him. And that's the first pick of the, uh, of the OTAs in the offseason. So. Uh, we're going to be hearing about that, but that was a hell of a job across the board. Defense is, I mean, defense is coming along really well. I mean, obviously they played together, they've done a nice job, and it makes us better, makes me better, makes the whole offense better. So uh, it's great to see that competitive nature out there. So, just listen to Hackett again. It was more well, the bad, bad offense, bad play on offense, but Sertan made the play. I mean, come on, Hackett. We all love offense, but if you're winning this thing, if you're winning it all, this defense is going to have to lead the way. And I'm serious. Like, you can get through with a high-powered offense during a regular season. You get to the postseason, you better play some type of defense in some sort of way. So maybe Chiefs or Bills fans go, yeah, you're absolutely crazy, but no. I mean, the Rams really last year, as terrific as that offense was, that defense carried them in the playoffs. It did. Now, Sertan is playing on an elite defense, in my estimation. I think it'll be a top three or four defense when it's all said and done. They got an excellent pass rush. That's going to help him. And here's the best stat. Sertan held Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, and Odell Beckham Jr. to zero yards when he covered them. When he had at least 10 coverage snaps against all of them. He didn't get any yards on him. He shut down Tyreek. Jamar Chase. McLaurin, Beckham. T. Higgins had six yards. He looked more like a veteran than a rookie last year. He just wasn't getting beat downfield. He allowed just one reception into his coverage on 14 targets, 20 plus downfield. You go downfield on this guy, you're going to get hurt. If he can manage to shut down Devonte Adams for two games, and I'm just talking about how great this division is. Can he shut down Devonte Adams for two games? I don't, I don't know if they're going to shadow him, but if you could shut down the best wide receiver in the game two times, make a statement there, at least one of those games will be uh, nationally televised, right? It'll be a big game. Yeah, I, I think there's a shot there. Sertan allowed a 56% completion percentage into his coverage. 530 pass snaps, 56% completion percentage. You got a quarterback with that number. They're awful. Now, is he going to win the defensive player of the year? Aaron Donald's going to be there again. TJ Watt's going to be there. Miles Garrett. Those guys are the favorites. Pass rushers. But a double-digit interception season. Two games against Devontae Adams where you can shut him down. 
the label of the best cornerback, you get paid 100 to 1? Yeah, I sprinkled on it. I definitely sprinkled on it at Bet Rivers. Why not? Long shot, a little bit of money, but imagine if that hits and there is a path for that to hit. One other Broncos note, Mike Kliss brought this out. Second round of bids to buy the Broncos due Monday. And there's four bids, four bids that they're expecting to have here. Rob Walton from Walmart, Josh Harris, Jose Feliciano, now Josh Harris with the Sixers, Jose Feliciano, um, don't know as much about him. Matashiba, uh, here, here's another guy, but it just seems like the favorite is going to be Walton with Harris number two. But we'll see what money they bring in there. They dump a lot of money into this, Ashibia, Feliciano, they could all get it. And Byron Allen is with the fifth group, but not expecting him to get the team. That was number three on the front range. Four, four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number five, number four, I should say, the Rockies. Uh, second straight day, I really can't give you a play here. we got a doubleheader against the Marlins. No plays as game one will have already started. And that game might have an impact on game two, so we're not going to worry about it. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado.com. Huge Avs fan since he uh, since they moved here. He's an old guy just like me. We'll get his thoughts on game one and game number two coming up for the Avs and the Oilers. Plus, want to talk to him about this Sertan bet. And then uh, not as many people betting as much money in the month of April. Should, be, be, should we be worried about that in the betting industry? We'll find out. From Ian next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Oh, it's time for one Ian St. Clair to be back on. Yeah, he played a little hooky last week, but that's fine. That's fine. His team, his avalanche are looking pretty good today. I think he's a little stressed out because there was a lot of back and forth last night. Let's ask him himself. Mr. Ian St. Clair, hello. Are you a little stressed out after last night's wild game? I'm not stressed out. I would have been more stressed out had the Edmonton Oilers come back and won just as the St. Louis Blues did in game five of the second round series. It kind of had that feel to it, but mm -hmm. it looks like Jared Bednar and the Avalanche learned somewhat of their lesson from that game five, giving up a three-goal yeah. lead. This time they almost gave up a four-goal lead. But I, I, the thing that I love about this Avalanche team that I've told you about that I've the listeners, the viewers know this. This team is resilient. It it does not buckle under pressure, and it, it's able to withstand what teams throw at them. And I I think that's that's the biggest difference. So I, I'm not stressed. I'm I'm curious to see the adjustments that both teams make heading into game two. But winning game one, especially at home when you have home ice, is the most important. I haven't talked to you. I didn't talk to you after the Avalanche advanced and finally got to the conference finals. How was that? How'd that feel? Nice little six-game advancement. And, and the way the way they did it, and to have Darren Helm 
be the, the guy to score the game-winning goal almost, what, 10 years to the day that he sent the Red Wings to the Stanley Cup Finals. I, that shows the depth, and I love the way that fourth line has been playing the last couple of games. I, I think what you saw is them finally clear that hurdle, and I thought they played a little bit freer last night, maybe too free at the end of the second period and going into the third, but it, it obviously it's huge. You you finally get that monkey off your back, get into the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. I can't believe it's been 20 years, but here we go. And couldn't ask for a better start. Obviously, you want to play better defensively, but hey, listen, that's what they did. So I'm looking at this series here. <clears throat> I'm concerned. Yeah, I was concerned with Darcy Kemper after the last series against the Blues. Now he's got an upper body injury. I thought Franco's played well, right? You're you're saying in air quotes, by the way. You can't see him doing that, but he's got it in air quotes. Who the hell knows what's going on with him? But Franco's came in, gave up three goals. He was terrific in the final minute. I don't think this team can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. They can beat the Rangers. They can't beat the Lightning with the goaltending they got going on right now. Either Kemper needs to get back and be better or Franco's needs to be better. It's as simple as that. You mentioned Kemper. I Jared Bednar was on a local radio station today saying, I don't know when he'll back. He could be back tomorrow. <laughs> well, so, he shouldn't tell us when he's back. Just well, show up. That that's I mean, that's that's the hockey jargon. I'm I'm surprised they went at least they didn't do a, a lower a lower body injury. So that <laughs> but who knows? At this point, maybe it could be a lower body injury. I don't think he's injured. I think he was just pulled because he wasn't playing what? well. So I, I think you really don't believe in the injury. No, I do not, because the trainer went to uh, Francois. Pavel Francois did the the news conferences after the game, for game one, and the trainer went to him and said that like I, a couple of, like a couple of minutes before they pulled him, to say start stretching. You're going to go in in a little bit. And then why would you do that? And then today it comes out that he was dealing with some other stuff, not just from the, not just the injury. So I, I will see, I don't think it's serious, but I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I think the thing that the avalanche have going for it against either Tampa Bay or New York, if they get to that point is the home ice advantage, which is massive. But I also think that they have the depth to overcome Tampa Bay and the Rangers. I, I, I just think they're, if they get to that point, they're not going to be stopped. And it, I think Darcy Kemper will be better. The good news is, at least for this series, is 40-year-old Mike Smith is worse than Darcy Kemper or Pavel Francos. Yeah. So, And I don't think the defense for Edmonton is as deep or as good as Colorado. I think what you're going to see in Game 2, I and I would like to see this, I would like to get Nico Sturm into the lineup with, along with Nicholas Abe-Cabell. They're more physical. I thought the third line for Edmonton is what flipped that game around for the Oilers. And as good as JT Comfort played offensively, that line was horrible in its own zone. They need to get Nico Sturm and they need to get Abe Cabell into the lineup because they're more physical. They were out physical. They got beat in their own zone. That needs to improve. And I think that's what you're going to see. I would also like to see Ryan Murray play instead of Jack Johnson. Uh, Jack Johnson at some point is going to give up a costly goal that is going to to cost his team. And I don't think he can be relied on as a defenseman. So try Ryan Murray, see what you have. He warmed up. 
wasn't a part of the line combinations in the warm-up for game one, so I'd like to see Murray. Uh, that's what needs to improve is defensively in their own zone, and I think the Avalanche have the ability to do that. I don't think the Oilers are good enough to, to improve on the defensive side, but we'll see. I think this is big for Kemper, and you're not even buying into an injury. That's really interesting. No. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. He's got a lot to play for. I mean, that is not going to be good if we look at him and we say he got pulled. Again, I don't think he played very well last round. He looked awful last night, and you and I are going to disagree then. I'm not as worried about the Rangers, and I probably shouldn't get ahead of myself, but I will anyways. <laughs> I think that if they have to face Tampa Bay as – high scoring of an offense as the abs have, I think you're going to have two, one, three, two games. And when the other team is going to have a massive advantage in net, that to me is going to be very concerning. They got to clean it up this series too. I mean, it's not a fate accompli. They're going to win this series, but right. for something that was a strength for a lot of the season, Kemper and Francois, I think it is the biggest weak spot right now. And I think the good news is he can get it back. I don't think this is anything that's that, that big of a deal. I, I think it's more that he's in his head at this point. He still has the technique. He still has the ability to do it. But a, a couple of the goals, he gave up juicy rebounds. He's just in his head. I think that's one of the reasons. Now he could be injured. I mean, I'm I'm going full tinfoil conspiracy theory here, but mm-hmm. I've watched hockey long enough to know that a coach doesn't come out and say, we don't know how long he's going to be out. He could be back tomorrow. Maybe I'm just reading too much into this, but I I don't think that it's something that can't be fixed. Darcy Kemper can get it back. I think he needs to get out of his head. I think that's the biggest problem at this point. That was the issue against St. Louis. That was the issue in game one. Get out of his head. Don't think. Just play. All right. So Ian QAnon St. Clair with a big conspiracy theory. (laughs) Yeah. Just need to get the tinfoil hat. Oh, boy, I had to get that into you, buddy. I had to get that in there. You love a good conspiracy theory, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, Good. That's the abs. Game number two. Let's talk about that just real quick. Um, And then the series prices here. What did you think the abs were going to win this series in? I said six and seven. Um, I had uh, had a guest on yesterday who's with Sportsnet. um, And he, he, Andy uh, McNeil, and he comes on and he says, I think it's going to be five or six games. My buddy Mark Springer from Altitude. I think it's going to be five games. Where are you right now? A sweep is plus 290, five is plus 240, six is plus 400, and seven is plus 550. Five to six. You're there too. I, I right. just, I, if they can get that third line, if the Avalanche, if Bed, I think that's the biggest adjustment that Bednar needs to make is getting that third line to the point where you get Nico Sturm back into the lineup. He's better defensively than Burakovsky or Newhook. He's, I think he can be better on face-offs. Through the first two periods, that was the biggest concern for me, was how badly the Edmonton Oilers were dominating the face-off circle. And that's how Edmonton got set up most of the time in, the, in their offensive zone, was by winning face-offs. Once the Avalanche started winning face-offs in the third period, the game flipped a little bit. And then, of course, you had that horrible penalty call on Gabriel Landeskog were holding Connor McDavid when the Oilers had two or three similar plays that were not called. So 
to me, it's the third line defensively. The fourth line was phenomenal again, and you got another goal from Andrew Cogliano. J.T. Comfer had two goals, great, needs to be better defensively. And then you have, obviously, McKinnon, Landeskog, Lankinen, uh, McKinnon, or uh, Rantanen, Kadri, uh, Nachushkin. So you have the top six to compete with the Edmonton Oilers. Now it's a matter of getting that third line solidified and better in its own zone. Yeah. And then we've got a total of seven and a half. I mean, the juice is starting to come down and um, it was minus 132 a little bit ago. Now it's minus 129 to the under seven and a half. I, I can't, there's not going to be another 14 goal game. You wouldn't think an so. eight goal game. Logic tells you yes, because the goaltending, but I've seen too many crazy things to just buy into the chalk, so I haven't made up my mind yet. You got to lean? I, w- I would lean. Uh, that's tough. I, I could see it being, a, a, since it's seven and a half, it can't be a push. But if, if it were to jump up to eight, it could be. I think the Avalanche are going to be better defensively. There were, Josh Manson especially, had some bad pinches. That was The first goal of the game for Evander Kane was a bad pinch by Manson. It was not a good game for Josh Manson. I would not expect that to happen again in game two. I think they're going to be better defensively. I, I really do think that they are going to shore it up, not allow Edmonton to get started and get set up, be better getting the puck out of their out of its own zone. So I, I as my, it's hard to do this after just scoring 14 goals, but under. I would I would lean the under for game two. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't think Smith's going to be as bad either. I do. This, and I had an interesting stat earlier in the show. Let me tell you this stat. Mike Smith, okay? In five career game ones with the Oilers, 0-3, 6-7-7 goals against, and three pulls. And then he bounced back and they won that series. So I don't even think Smith is going to be that bad going forward. I will say, and a couple of people on the post-game show said this, they're not facing the Los Angeles Kings now. They're not facing the Calgary Flames now. They're facing the best team remaining in the National Hockey League. This is not L.A. This is not Calgary. This is not the teams that they faced the last couple of years. This is a team I that I think it's Tampa Bay. This is a, this is a team on a mission right now. Nathan yeah. McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Gabriel Landeskog are not going to be denied. All right. Well, I think I think it's going to be Colorado Tampa Bay. And I think if that's the case, we're going to have to hold our breaths because it's going to be a ridiculous series. It'll, be, it'll now, be a crazy listen. good series. And this this one has the potential yeah. to be crazy good. I do think Edmonton has to win game two. If they want to avoid being swept or beat in five games, they need to win game two. I don't think they will. But as they say in sports, that's why they play the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, man. I still think Edmonton can figure out a way just because of their offense. And the issues that the Avs have had in goal. Okay, so an 8-6 win last night. I've got two other big stories. But before we get into that, what's we always talk, play Colorado, playcolorado.com. This is where Ian is, uh, is based with this site. And there's a lot of great things that happen. It's all about betting. There's promo codes, everything like that. But what happened in the month of, what was that, April? April. What happened? happened in Colorado. I mean, I know we're still sixth in handle, 
but there's a lot of money. Where were we? Close to a half a billion dollars, and now we're under 400 million. What's going on? I, I was a little shocked that it, it dropped that significantly. I mean, it's an expected decline because there really isn't a lot to bet on. You have the Nuggets out, and but I, I mean, the NBA is still going to be king, and that was the case uh, in April. But without football, baseball. I mean, I, I was surprised that baseball topped hockey. I, I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is that it's still one of the top markets in the country. All the other markets basically had a pretty, a pretty big dip from March to April. So it, it wasn't something that was just, uh, just for Colorado. I think it shows the health of the market, and especially now that the tax number is up, that I think to me that's the biggest thing. It was up 28.5% over last April. So uh, there's still some good things. I, I think, as I said to you before, when everything is going, when you have football, the NFL, college football, you're going to see this now be a market that consistently gets over a half a billion dollars. And I was just surprised that it dipped that much. The dip wasn't unexpected, though. I mean, look at what we had. We had the Final Four, which you would think would be a cash cow there. We had the NBA in full swing. So the Final Four was April 3rd and 5th. We had baseball opening day. And then you were just talking about the National Hockey League as well. Little, I, I, I'm a little disappointed, uh, to tell you the truth. And, and I'm glad you have a steady head about this. And once we come back to Major League Baseball... Everything or to NFL, everything is going to change again. I would expect the main numbers to be up though, right? Because the Nuggets and the Avs are in the playoffs. Like, what are we expecting here? A big bump? I think it'll be over 400 for, okay. for May. And you're going to have, um, obviously, the Avs making a run and people actually able to watch it instead <laughs> of having to search streams to find it, to watch it illegally. Um, I, the NBA is still going to be king, regardless of what Nuggets out or not. I think with college basketball, the fact that it was just the Final Four is why that number wasn't higher. One of the surprising things is we're starting to get some stuff on football where there was $2 million placed in bets in April. So uh, to me, that's futures. So we'll see. I, I think golf, soccer, I, the thing that's going to be very interesting is with the World Cup going on this summer, what kind of interest is there going to be in the World Cup? Because this is really the first time that markets have had legal sports betting for a World Cup. And I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. But I, I think the number will be higher in May. will be over 400. I don't know if it'll push 450. That might be too unrealistic. But I think it'll, it'll bump back up for May. We, we also had the NFL draft which might have been the biggest thing. So I'm surprised. I, I'm a lot more surprised than you are. Final four, NBA, NHL, playoffs coming up, baseball opening day, NFL draft. I'm a little disappointed, to be perfectly honest with you. But if you think we're going to get back up, that's good. I, yeah, it definitely will. This isn't, this isn't a, a cause for concern. And you mentioned Colorado is sixth right now. Illinois is late than... Everybody else in reporting, Illinois will probably be in the top four. So Colorado will drop to seventh. 
that's still phenomenal with the amount of states that are currently up. I think it shows the health of the market to still push 400 million in an off month. It really does show the strength of this market. And I think it's only going to get better. I hope you're right. And I think you're right too. But again, a little disappointing with all those things going on, especially the NFL draft. But I also have to remember the Broncos didn't have a first round pick. They did. They so. just used it on Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, that's that gets us right into the the Broncos then. There's a lot going on. Uh, today's topic was Defensive Player of the Year. You're getting 100 to 1 on Patrick Sertan. Okay. Now, this throw is a fire. super. You could throw a flyer on that. I mean, it's not going to be, it's, it may not be a cornerback, but you're now having even local people, local Broncos media now making the comparison to Champ Bailey. Oh, he, they are, huh? So, I, I mean, Pat Sertan is a phenomenal player. And now that he has a quarterback, it makes up for the people who questioned that pick where Justin Fields was sitting there at 10 last year. Throw a flyer on that. I mean, it, I did. The, the market is too good. The value is too good. I may do it. I mean, 100 to 1. It was 10 bucks. Yeah. I won 1,000. I mean, come on. You can't get that kind of value. Well, so, that's why I threw it out there. There's a lot going. I mean, he, listen, he picked off Russell Wilson yesterday. That kind of, I was thinking about him, like, can Sertan really be the best cornerback in the league? I think yes. so, right? Yes, there's Only no doubt in my mind. two cornerbacks have won the Defensive Player of the Year since 2009. Usually it's a defensive lineman. But I'm looking at a guy that could be the best cornerback in the league on one of the top three or four defenses in the league, he's going to have to have a transcendent season, but who's to say he's not going to, I can exactly. easily see him be in the top corner in the NFL this year. So I threw it down. Especially if he plays well in the divisional games oh, yeah. where he's going against Patrick Mahomes, he's going against Justin Herbert. He's going against Derek Carr, who now has Devonte Adams. And I think you're starting to see this from, from other people too. I'm of the belief whoever wins the AFC West, you're going to get potentially the MVP and you're going to potentially get the coach of the year. So why wouldn't that also hold true to a cornerback if he shows and flashes the way that he can in only his second year? Why not throw a flyer on that? I mean, I, I think, and typically my wife who is turning into a great better because of the way oh, that yeah? she, because of the way that she researches stuff. She's a very analytical person. Does she need to come on this show? She might. She could give better betting advice than I will. Well, <laughs> adios, buddy. But uh, we're gonna get the better performer in here. I but I will say, the coach of the year. The voters typically like to give it to first year coaches. And if Nathaniel Hackett can come in and win the AFC West with Russell Wilson in his first year. He's going to get votes, and he has good value. Most of the places I've seen it are plus seventeen hundred, sixteen plus to seventeen hundred. Yeah, so another ten dollar bet could give you good value again. Yeah, I think so. And I'm going to bring up one more thing on Patrick Sertan uh, before we move on to fantasy football because that is my favorite thing uh, to talk about right now is Tommy Fam throwing my trad under the bus after slapping Jock Peterson in the face. But Sertan held Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, and Odell Beckham to zero yards with at least 10 coverage snaps against all of them. And T. Higgins had six. 
Think about that for a second. This is how great Patrick Sertan could be building upon what he did. And you know what? Devontae Adams is going to have problems with him too. Yep. So, I, and, and here's the thing. He did that without a quarterback. He did that. Yeah. Yeah. And without pass rushers. I know, man. Now he's going to have Brad. Hopefully you're going to have a healthy Chubb. You're going to yeah. have Randy Gregory. You have DJ Jones, who I think can be a huge difference maker on this defensive line. I know people are still wondering how they replace Shelby Harris. I think DJ Jones is better than Shelby Harris, and I think he can be better than Shelby Harris. He can be more dominant, and he can be a game changer on the interior of that defensive line with Draymond Jones, with Mike Purcell, depending on what they do with that. And, and that only speaks to how much better Pat Sertan can be. Okay, last thing for you here. Maybe it'll be the last thing. I'm always finding something else to talk with you about, though. So you're aware of the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson situation, right? Correct. And I don't know if you saw And before I even knew who the commissioner was, I said, you got to fire the commissioner. You know, the commissioner needs to handle this and step in before it gets out of hand and gets physical. Yeah. Well, it got physical, right? But it turns out that Mike Trout was the commissioner. And despite not wanting to be the commissioner, he fully deserves to be fired from his post. I don't care that it's the best hitter in, or player in Major League Baseball, okay? Or maybe the second best behind Otani. I'm telling you right now, Mike Trout did a disservice to the rest of his league. And then Tommy Pham is a complete jabroni. I mean, come on. You can't be up there pimp slapping dudes on. It's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating. But, yeah, I think I think Mike Trout deserves a lot of blame. Absolutely. It falls on the commissioner. I, I mean, I, I play fantasy football, but it's never gotten to the point where I wanted to fight somebody over it or, or pimp slap somebody. I, I just, come on. It's... It's supposed to be fun. I mean, and talk about talk about a delayed reaction. I mean, the fantasy football league has been seven over months. for seven months, and he's just now going after Jock Peterson. I mean, okay. I'm trying to think. Did I ever wait seven months to get back at somebody? And I don't think I ever have. You know, you got to nip that right away. Like, Tommy Pham's got enough money to find – Jock Peterson's address and go fly out there and slap him, you know, a, a week after the season ends. Yeah. I, or at least send a message. Like I can't imagine holding on to something for seven months. Yeah. I mean, that, that I mean, can't be healthy. I mean, obviously I mean, he me and my ex-wife have, have not liked each other for about three years now, but nothing physical there. We don't even say that many bad things to each other. You gotta, you gotta keep it professional for the kids. Yeah. Three years, nothing. Tommy Pham, seven months. And the ding dong, he loses 20K in this league because he quit. He was in second place. So he had to pay 10,000 buy in. Last place pays another 10,000. And then $111,000 for slapping because he gets suspended for three games. I mean, what a donkey. Yeah. A waste of money. I And be better at fantasy football. Mike Trout didn't draft for you. What do you think? Trout's thinking today, like, was he just hiding going, gosh, I hope it doesn't, my name doesn't come out in this thing. Gosh. And right when you think it's over, Tommy Pham throws you under the bus. If, if I, I'm Mike Trout, I'd pimp slap Tommy Pham. I would just come out and say, I didn't draft for Tommy Pham. 
Trout should slap. Yeah, I'd love to see that. It, it cost him probably about a million dollars, but he should slap Tommy Pham in the face for throwing him under the bus. I, it's, it's all I can tell you. You should get um, Tommy Pham, get Mike Trout and Jock Peterson to slap him. <laughs> Tommy Pham has, has had some issues too. I mean, Tommy Pham was stabbed a couple of years ago. Tommy Pham, he did grow up in a rough neighborhood. I'll give him that, but. Not a Tommy Fam guy anymore. It's just not happening. Um, anything else? And, and Rockies, clearly fantasy have you football watched... is not his thing. No, fantasy football. He needs to stop. I mean, he's good. He was in second place, but he needs to stop is right. Any Rockies games? Have you watched any Rockies games over the last week? No. I have not watched a Rockies game since the season started. Oh, my God. Because I, I told you we were into the, June, the June swoon in May. Yeah. They started early. And... I'm surprised that the biggest signing that the Rockies made this offseason has not been played. I feel shocked. <laughs> That's just tremendous. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. At, least, at least Rockies fans can move on to Broncos. I mean, it's Broncos season. Usually waits till training camp, but... They have a quarterback now. We don't need to worry about the Rockies. I know it's Broncos season. It's just a, it's, and I've been in local sports radio before and I've done it for a while. And it's just unfortunate because the Avalanche are on their way to winning a championship and having a parade. And it's still all about the Broncos. And that's why I lead with the Avalanche on this show. Listen, it's the number one thing to bet still. Yeah, I think this is a terrific team and I can't miss a game. I, and you shouldn't miss a game. This team is fun. I I've, I told this to you after the the St. Louis the start to the St. Louis series, and after the Nashville win, I I have the same feeling about this team as I did 21 years ago with the team that won the Stanley Cup with Joe Sakic and Ray Bork. They lost Peter Forsberg. The fact that they lost one of the best players in the world and went on to beat the St. Louis Blues in five games go on to beat Martin Brodeur and the New Jersey Devils. After losing game five and going back to New Jersey with the Stanley Cup in the building, winning game six, coming back to Pepsi Center for game seven to win the Stanley Cup, I have the same feeling I do about this team. It's not going to be denied, even if it is Andre Vezilevsky and Stamkos and that machine that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll take an avalanche over lightning every day of the week. Well, last question for you. Do you play any video games? The only video game I basically played over the last 20 years, I played some baseball video games, and I love Madden. Madden is on the cover of John Madden, so that's probably the right call. When's the last time you played Madden? Well, it's been about five years, but I, I do that's think the curse of Madden, is, the, the Madden curse is going to be over now. So, Ooh. Fine point you make there. Fine point. That or it gets the other way and it just gets a million times worse. But I hope like, it does Like every, everybody who was on the cover of Madden who's still playing gets hurt? <laughs> yes. That would stink. <laughs> that would stink. Plug the site, my friend. PlayColorado.com. PlayColorado.com, your one-stop shop. Become a safer and smarter, better with news, analysis, opinion. You mentioned all sorts of uh, promo codes and... Sign up oh. offers from the various sports books, including Bet Rivers. I also manage some of the other sites across our play network and we'll continue to have the latest with casino. I, I, I've said this to multiple people now that we're getting online sports betting going. 
we'll see what happens with online casino. I, I think that's the next step for this country, but we'll see. I don't play. I don't either. I don't play. I, I will not play. Sports, I'll play. Anything else, I'm not playing. At least I got a chance in sports, right? Exactly. At least there's some skill. It's trading. It's it's more finding the value. Mm-hmm. With online casino, it's you're pressing well, the button. Listen, if <laughs> if your wife steps in for you next week, I won't be disappointed about that. Ian Sinclair, as as always, thank you so much for hopping on the show. I'm going to wrap up the Denver City Cast. Look at the NBA Finals. Tons of specials on Bet Rivers. We'll discuss that next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Put a bow on the Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers. We'll talk some NBA Finals. That tips off tomorrow night. Jonathan Von Tobel from VEASAN joins me to break it down. He has just been spectacular with his picks. And not too many people I trust more in the NBA than uh, JVT. One of those guys, though, is, is Spread Astaire, who came on yesterday from Run Pure Bets. He's taking the Warriors in the series. So Celtics, Warriors, let me get you to the series prices first. Celtics plus 135, Warriors minus 159. Not so sure. No, I can't. I, I can't bet minus 159 on the Warriors. Can't do it. Um, you've got the MVPs. Right now, it's all about Steph Curry. I mean, how do you look elsewhere at this point? If you think the Warriors are going to win the series, Steph Curry's got to be the guy. The problem is he's minus 110. I mean, I want some plus money on this. Jason Tatum plus 180. He's shown up and he's disappeared. Jalen Brown right there with, well, plus 1,200, 12 to 1 on Jalen Brown. I love me some Draymond Green, but I just don't think he scores enough. He does everything else, but it's not as sexy of a pick, I think, as a Curry would be. Or even a Klay Thompson at plus 2,500. Okay, anybody down low? Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been playing great basketball. He's plus 5,000, but really to me, it comes down to two players. Comes down to Steph Curry and Jason Tatum. And I just don't think the value on Curry is there. So I'm going to pass on the NBA Finals MVP. And let's also remember, when we get to these MVPs, it's a crapshoot. It's up to the writers. I mean, we had the most outstanding player in the Final Four. A little controversy. We've just had a lot of questions in a lot of sports when it comes to uh, championship MVP. So I'm going to stay away from that one. Uh, NBA Finals Game 1. Warriors minus three and a half on Bet Rivers, minus 112. Celtics plus three and a half is minus 109. Celtics plus 138 on the money line, minus 165 for the Warriors. 212 and a half is the total here, minus 110 to the over, just a little bit to the under, minus 112. Okay, I am going to take the Warriors in game one, minus three and a half. I'm going to have a long discussion with JVT about this tomorrow. And I wonder if he wants to talk me out of it or not. I don't know which way he's going. Uh, player points, I think that'll be something to look at. Boy, Steph Curry at 27 and a half. You think they're going to win. They pro- he probably needs to put up that or even more. So that's something I might look at. Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum. Points in game one. 
Curry minus 108, Tatum minus 118. I don't mind taking Curry there. I don't mind taking Curry there. So the last thing I wanted to look at was Steph Curry over three and a half threes. I'd love that bet, but it's minus 132. To me, that's a minus, one, minus 120 price, and I don't want to back it up. So that's the NBA Finals. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Holden Radio, if you got any betting questions. I love betting live. You can ask me questions during games there. A five-star review would be great. Thank you, Ian St. Clair, for hopping on. And uh, thank you, Justin, behind the scenes, our producer, taking care of business on short notice today. You're awesome. I'm Holden Kushner, and thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.